This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host, as usual, Amanda, and I'm joined today by my two glorious co-hosts, Nick. Hello. And Pete Abs. Hello. I just love your new nickname. I love that you've changed your name to that in our group chat. Oh, that that was me. That was me just being a minx. <laughs> I loved it. I do love the fact that he's got a different name on, on two different podcasts now. <laughs> and he goes by his real name as well. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. Favourite nickname I've ever given. Except when I call Paul Dolan Paulie Date, but I don't think he likes it. I don't think he thinks he's hip enough. <laughs> I think, that's what I it comes think down he's to. hip. I do. I do. I mean, you know, he might. He might think replacement that, hip, maybe. <laughs> well, that, that oh. was a, that was a route I was going down. But I'm he glad won't... you took the fall. <laughs> wow. Okay. Before right. Paulie D comes and knocks anyone out, let's get into what we're drinking. Nick, I'll start with you. What are you drinking? Right. I have got. Um, I've, I've the last of these. Well, I've been drinking these all week, and it is a Brewdog Indie Pale Ale, which it turns out for people that are interested is actually vegan. It's got a massive vegan sticker on. Well, it's not. Is it's a, it's a I tiny didn't know vegan that. Sticker. Yeah, it's, it's a vegan beer. I didn't buy it because it's a vegan beer, but it is a vegan beer. But it's it doesn't say it's a session um, lager. Like I know, like they. That's a new thing, isn't it? Session beers, but it's um, it's just quite nice and smooth, and it's been really nice to have when we've had these hot days. So, um, yeah, I recommend uh, Indie Pale Ale by Brewdog. So, cheers. 
you know, I think like, I've tried quite a lot of brew dog, of different brew dogs, but I don't think I've ever tried that one. No, I, I just, it was one that I saw on the shelf the other day, and being a fan of indie music, I was like, yeah, that's that's touching a nerve there, so I'll, I'll try that one. It's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Easily sold. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's what I was like in, um, there's a new bar in SeaWorld, and I'll, I'll talk about this more on the SeaWorld episode that I've got coming up, but they have all these different craft beers, and they had one called Spook Hill, and every time that I was seeing someone getting it, I was like, oh my god, I'm so jealous, I just want to get that so much. And then when I got there and I tried it, I was so disappointed. Yeah. Didn't like it. That's the thing, that's the thing sometimes with, with beer, like, because it really can vary so much. Um... Some like you will either hear the name of something or read the description of thing, something and go, oh yeah, that that might be alright. And then you try, it, you're like, Whoop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, feel your pain. That was me. Okay, P Dubs, are you drinking? Weirdly, I'm also drinking a vegan and gluten free drink, which again I didn't mm. know it was until I looked at. It. I have a strawberry and lime cider. Oh, I was going to say glass of water. Uh, so did I. You've got a little minute there, but you're being wild. Wow. It's a Friday. Friday night party time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. Well, this is going to be a fun podcast then. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm drinking my absolute usual Budweiser. I'm not drinking Bud Light. You know what? I've gone off it. Ooh. I know. Not so. And I don't know really. whether. Mm. Well. I don't know if it's because they won't sponsor us right now, or I don't know whether it's because I just pre- actually prefer the taste of regular Budweiser. But I've just not been feeling it, so I've been buying regular bottles of regular old Budweiser. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it. See, like it's interesting you said that, because we've obviously talked offline about, at the moment, because Budweiser is like one of the main sponsors of the World Cup, um, we've got uh, there's an offer at the moment where if you buy like a, a crate of eight bottles, like those big aluminium bottles like we get in America, um, if you buy those, you get a red pint glass um, that, that lights up, much like your Universal Cups. So I have got a crate, but because it's World Cup, um, I mean, it's only like branding, it's only World Cup branding, but because these are like special bottles that we don't get any other time of the year, I purposely not started drinking those that's why i bought the the brew dog because I, I don't want to start drinking that budweiser until the world cup kicks off next week which is the most loserest thing i've said in uh probably about five minutes <laughs> well you know i went to asda and i saw the blinky cup and i saw the tin bottles and it was the day that i was at the I went to like a drift a drift weekend mm. to watch drift cars drifting doing their thing. Um and I literally ran into the shop. I didn't take my purse with me. I literally took like two pounds to run in and get some corn sausage rolls because I just wanted a little snack. So I left my purse in the car and I ran right past them and couldn't get them. <gasps> oh, and no. I was so sad. I was gonna try and get you one and I was like, How am I gonna get it to you? It's like because it's an awkward size, I don't want it to smash, and it's just oh the palaver. And but I will say, I picked it up, and I was like, oh my god, where's my purse? And I'd left my purse with Josh, and I was like, I'm gonna have to drive all the way back. 
to go and get it to then come back to get this. And I was like, oh, no, I can't be bothered doing that. You know what most people would do? They'd go back to the car where the purse was and get the purse and go back into the shop. No, my purse wasn't in the car. My purse was with Josh. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I understand. So I'd left him there. Yeah. And I'd I'd took the car with me just to go and get a little snack. Oh, what a palaver. I know. And honestly, even if I would have, like, had more cash on me, I still would have got ID'd anyway, so... Uh, It's true. You do look... You do look underage for buying beer. Um, But I will say, as you mentioned it, um, and uh, just because I know this will wind people up as well, corn sausage rolls, really nice. They are delicious. Mm, That's some good stuff. Even Josh was very, very surprised at how delicious they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good meat replacement right there, people. If you want to um, cut down your meat intake, get some exercise. <laughs> Part life. Yes. Um, that was just a throwback to ego. We... That's why I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have exercise without eating corn sausage rolls. Then maybe that Amanda, that's it. If Bud aren't sponsoring us, let's go off the corn. I mean, corn should like sponsor me. Honestly, like I've been vegetarian since I was thirteen. I've eaten a lot of corn, and I've changed a lot of people onto corn. Everyone now eats corn spaghetti bolognese. Now, no one, no one has freaking beef. But this isn't vegetarians after dark as much as I'd like what? it to be. Oh, we could <laughs> add it to the lineup. Yeah, we. Only... I mean, why not? We've got so many at this point. What's another one? Yeah, we've got another twelve in the can. So uh, why not have another one? Um, but Amanda, I mean, it, it's quite funny because. We were going to record this episode Wednesday, I want to say. I think we were um, going to record it a few days ago. Huh. And then all hell broke loose. Yes. We have had an absolute whirlwind of a week with Halloween Horror Nights news this week. One, one so could say a twister. One may say a twister, RIP twister, pour and run out for the homie. But, basically, on Wednesday, one of our friends and lovely listeners to the podcast had showed us that the Frequent Fear Plus Pass was on sale from a UK travel agent. And so I was driving home from work and I kind of just saw it flash up on the screen. I was like, I'll read that properly in a minute, but that seems strange because they're not out yet. And so when I parked up and I had a little look at it, not only did this travel website say that they were selling the frequent fear passport, frequent fear plus passes, they also let it slip that there was going to be ten houses at Halloween Horror Nights this year, and the internet went into meltdown over it. Now, Everybody's going crazy. There seems to be a bit confusing with this, right? <laughs> so, if you can fill in the gaps, that'd be great. So, they've announced <laughs> ten houses. They've made mm-hmm. this big thing about how this is the first time it's ever been done. But mm-hmm. did they not do 10 houses a few years ago? Okay, so they did the repository as a surprise, very late edition, 10th house in for Halloween Horror Nights 26. But that was an upcharge house, so you had that to pay. That was a VR house, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So not everybody did it, and it wasn't like they didn't ever officially i don't think call it a 10th house they just were like this is a repository it's a vr upcharge house so this is the first time that there's going to be 10 houses that everybody can go to 
as part of the ticket. And honestly, this is so needed this year because when you factor in, one, we don't have Bill and Ted anymore. That's gone. So that huge people eater has is now gone. So that whole crowd of people are now going to be in line for houses. On top of that, we then have Stranger Things, which already we know is going to draw in a massive crowd. We know that that line's going to be incredibly long every night. So a 10th house is definitely what was needed this year. Well, I mean, a, a, another show comparable to Bill and Ted is what was needed. But obviously those things take time. And I'm not complaining about getting a 10th house. Honestly. And actually, we... Well, Paul received an email and this is breaking because no one else knows this apparently you didn't get everyone it everyone I've spoken to is like no I haven't received that I didn't receive it and I've got three different email addresses all of them are linked to all of my universal things and my Disney things and I haven't received this email <laughs> yep so I've only got it on one of mine I've got my two emails linked to to universal and it's only come through like my my normal one weirdly it's not even come through the the theme park one that i've got um and it's titled oops did we say nine houses um and then within the the email it's headlined true fear comes from within um and it says for the first time in 28 years you'll experience more houses than ever a 10th house is joining our terrifying lineup of houses that will feature inspirations and nightmares from iconic slasher films and supernatural thrillers and when it comes to scare zones you'll come face to face with menacing creatures and unearthly forces throughout the streets of universal studios florida wow so i'm super excited about this one because well first off I honestly expected that there was going to be a Halloween announcement today. Mm. With the Halloween trailer being leaked. And honestly, that's what. Yeah. And when, you know, I was saying in our group chat the other day, I was like, hey guys, like we should record on Friday. Because usually we'd we'd record on a Wednesday. And I was like, hey, let's record on Friday. Because, you know, there's going to be an announcement of some kind. This was before the whole 10 houses thing and before the whole. UK travel site thing and tickets and but in my head I'm thinking the Halloween trailer's coming out that means that surely this is the opportune time to announce a Halloween house if we're going to have a Halloween house and then as the day has gone on and we've not had one I've kind of been like oh well I guess I guess we're not then and then this saying that we'll you know have inspiration from slashes and nightmares from slasher films could this have Halloween in it that's what I'm thinking because there had been rumours that some of like Freddie and Jason were coming back at one mm-hmm. stage and I wonder whether this is going to be like a, a mashup maze that they're oh, all going to so be in it well it's similar to what they did in Hollywood last year didn't they the terror where they yeah. had time, wasn't yeah. It? yeah and I wonder whether that's where this is coming from and I wonder whether they're going to take some version of that and I know it wasn't particularly popular but that was mainly due oh, to... Oh, really? Sense. Yeah, people weren't particularly... They said it was... Because it, it was out in the open, mm. it wasn't particularly scary. Oh. Because they just, like, have someone come over the top of one of the walls 
as you were walking through, and and that was it. Oh, um, what? Yeah, and I've I've watched some of the walkthroughs, and it wasn't great. Mm. No, I didn't um, think it was that that great either. Actually, I saw that last year. So I wonder well, whether I... Orlando have looked at it and gone, "Do you know what? We can do better than that." And that's it because they can they can do better than that because I always find because obviously we can't film in the houses in Orlando but they can in Hollywood so every year I will go back and watch some videos from Hollywood and I always think our houses are much better. So just going back to a few things that were said, so mm-hmm. it does look like well. Yeah, no, I think it does look like the Academy of Villains, one, it's confirmed is coming back, but mm-hmm. it does look like they are going to be in the Fear Factor theatre, or arena, or whatever you want to call it. I'm not down with that, honestly. Like, I love Academy of Villains so much, and the the Academy of Villains announcement was the one that I was the most excited about because I absolutely adore them and I think they bring so much to the event and I feel like we just haven't seen them at their full potential yet because both years that they've been at Halloween Horror Nights we've had hurricanes and that's meant that they've had no stage to perform on they performed in the street at 26 because they didn't have a stage this year well last year even you know, the stage was destroyed again. The props that they were going to use were destroyed. And so we just haven't seen their full and intended performance yet. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do. I, I, my issue with them going to Fear Factor is that it's it's a big arena. Um, it's a big old stage. Or, or they can have a big old stage, which is, which is obviously good. But the shows, and again, they might have. This might be because of the the, the storms that hit and how they had to change things and adapt things. But last year, certainly when me and Craig were out there, the show lasted about ten minutes, maybe about fifteen minutes, um, and that is too short for a show. I think for a show to be in that arena. I agree with that because by the time you've got everybody in and you've got everybody sat down, it's, you know, you're going to be spending triple your time. Yeah. Just trying to get in that one and then watching the show. Yeah. I also think that the vibe that the show has, you know, people want to be stood up. They want to be dancing around. And I just feel like it's a much better atmosphere when you're stood. And I like that it's in a kind of smaller area as well. Everybody can see the stage. Everyone can get out of it what they want to get out of it. They can dance around if they want to. If not, they can just stand and watch it. They can come and go as they please. So you don't have to watch the whole performance if you don't want to. Which, why would it? Yeah, because they're amazing. Mm. And also, I mean, I was surprised that it didn't seem to... like, Even though there was quite a a decent crowd when we saw it, um, and where it was, it didn't seem to have much effect on traffic. You know, no. the fact that everyone was standing there didn't stop people from walking around. You know, if people mm-hmm. didn't want to watch it, they walked, you know, behind people or, or whatever. But, it, you know, I thought maybe it'd be a bit of a standstill, but um, it didn't really cause that many issues. So I think it was actually quite well placed. And I think, as you say, you got a bit of a different vibe from it. It didn't feel so much like a show. I think the problem is, and they, you said like before, um, you know, 10th House... 
um, rather than having a replacement for for Bill and Ted. Because Academy of Villains, unless they do a show which has a storyline running through it and is is made to be longer, is isn't going to have that. Now the problem is, is that you said, well, that'll be you know that house will kind of supplement the fact that you haven't got a big people eater. But the <laughs> thing is, we know of people that would go there and Bill and Ted would be probably one of the only things they did that night. They might go through some of the scare zones, but there are a lot of people that go to Halloween Horror Nights and don't actually go through the houses. So for those people, you know, this is not actually going to affect them at all. It's only going to affect the... And admittedly, that's the bigger fan base, but the people that do go to the houses. So if you're going there with a partner who loves houses and you don't or if you're going there with a group of people before you had something you could all go and do together but now it does look like if they're not replacing Bill and Ted with a proper show it looks like you, that's one less thing for you to do so what is there for those people to do really yeah I mean I definitely was expecting another kind of show we might still get another show announcement i don't know but i mean if it's true and academy villains are gonna go into the bill and ted stage then we could potentially just have a smaller show where academy of villains was maybe something like you know when they used to have the chucky in hollywood yeah maybe it could be something maybe not necessarily chucky but maybe something like along those lines well, I don't think they'll go through with what they did with Chucky again. <laughs> Not last time, after was, the complaints. I was there the first time Chucky was there. Oh, wow. He, he literally used to be in a window above the crowd and just used to shout obscenities and abuse at everybody that walked past. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was literally brilliant. It was such a well-thought-out thing that it literally was people just used to stop and go what the fuck who's that yeah. <laughs> and it was it was great um i'd love to see something like that again but i think after the the problems both hollywood and obviously orlando had with live entertainment of that kind <laughs> i'm not sure whether that's the the best thing for them to do i'm actually surprised you know that bearing in mind they've they've obviously not renew the deal for Bill and Ted or you know whatever the reason was for not doing that show anymore um, you know they could have just knocked it out as being a Wayne World show because that's something they probably have the rights to as it's a Saturday Night Live thing I don't think Mike Myers actually controls that property no because although he came up with the, the concept of it with um, Dana Carvey it would have been done through Saturday Night Live so Therefore, that NBC probably own the the actual rights to that, so they could have probably replaced it quite easily, actually, with something very similar at not much cost. Um, but it does it does worry me that yes, the more houses, the better, but there's a big core audience as well that are not going to be going into all those houses. And mm-hmm. so you're taking something else away that they would have been able to have done. Um, and also the other thing, Amanda, that you we, we haven't touched upon yet, but I'm sure you was just about to say it, so I'm just stepping on your toes, 
is the fact that we have now got a theme for this year. We have now got a theme for this year. Officially, the theme is 80s inspired. And we've spoke about this for probably like, I want to say three or four months now Mm. on the podcast. So, you know, the rumours are strong. It's come through. It's going to be 80s inspired. And they're saying 80s inspired, I'm imagining, because Trick or Treat was not set in the 80s. It wasn't made in the 80s. So they can't fully commit to saying just it's 80s themed. Well, we were talking, weren't we? I can't remember if it was the last show, the, you know, a recent show about, and I, and I said, what are they going to do? If they are going to go with an 80s theme, are they going to segregate it off so that stuff will work? But, you know, they've come out and said this is going to be an 80s event. Now, the other thing that's come out today is uh, the long-awaited trailer for the new Halloween. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this was something that, when we were talking about potential IPs for this year, um, that was something that I thought, we all thought we were going to get. But I'm not convinced. Aren't you? No. Because unless they base it on Halloween or Halloween 2 and I, I, don't get me wrong don't even correct me I know Halloween the first Halloween came out in 78 but that's almost 80s um, but unless they theme it to one of those two films how's it going to be 80s inspired because this is set in the present day well what if it wasn't based on the new Halloween what if they were just going to announce it to coincide with the new film to get a bit of hype around it and it was really going to be Halloween 3. Uh, that, that doesn't exist anymore. Well, no. Actually, Amanda <laughs> was quite smart there, you see, because of the continuity, Halloween 3 is the only one. And, and right, I'm saying this as somebody who's not watched any of the films, Okay. So, this what? is just my OCD what? taking what? over. Wait, what? Not even the first one? No. No, I had a very sheltered childhood, Amanda. Um, but wow. I do know, only because I was reading up on it today, that Halloween 3 is the only one that doesn't really follow the rest of the series. So, that's the only one that they could really draw inspiration from in this new film. Mm-hmm. But every other film now that was canon, you know, this is essentially what Disney did with Star Wars. If you want to look at it like that, they've just ripped up everything that's come before and gone, we're doing this now. Suck it up, buttercup. And that's it. Um, so I think it's, I think it was, I mean, I've got to say, I mean, I, I saw that trailer today and I thought it looked awesome. I will be going to see Halloween this year. I am going to go so many times. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah, it does. It does look really, really good. And I am gonna. I am obviously gonna check out like the first two Halloween films uh, before that comes out because um, they seem to be the best ones. Well, you know, I'm just rereading that email, right? And now how I'm reading it is, and I'm gonna just phrase it a little bit differently. Well, I'm gonna phrase it the same as it's written, but I'm gonna. I'll explain it in a minute. So, 
A tenth house is joining our terrifying lineup of houses that will feature inspirations and nightmares from iconic slasher films and supernatural thrillers. Now what I'm thinking is that the tenth house isn't going to be a sl- based on slasher film and supernatural thriller. The lineup of houses feature inspirations from iconic slasher films and supernatural thrillers and there's no information about this tenth house which still makes me excited because there is no slasher film that has been announced so far. Which could still be Halloween. <laughs> or, no, Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, so that was, the, that was the email that we seem to have got that no one else seems to know about at the moment. But there was obviously a, a, like a proper press release release yesterday which is where they revealed the theme, but also where they revealed some of the scare zones. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there wasn't any house announcements yesterday, was it? It was just scare zones. No. Uh-huh. So all of those scare zones were I uh, were original properties. There was no IPs there, which I know is not that um uncommon because I obviously last year we had trick or treat as a as a scare site scare zone even but normally and correct me if I'm wrong but normally the scare zones are their own concepts they're not normally IP led are they no I mean you get ones like the purge oh yeah I suppose that yeah okay yeah I can't can't believe I forgot that but yeah so that's (laughs) IP and walking Um, dead (laughs) was that I thought that was a house it's been a scare zone it's been a house one time it was every scare zone in the park Oh Jesus, that must be. I think that was like twenty four, twenty three or twenty four. Hmm. Okay. But I didn't know if that you know if you found that interesting. Which. That the like with the scare zones they announced yesterday, them being all original properties. Like I I just got the impression, and Mister Ripley kind of hinted at it on uh, ego last week that if you're a fan of original properties, original concepts, that you'd be happy with this year's lineup. You know, I like the scare zones for the majority are do tend to be mostly original ones. But I do feel like this year it's probably going to be leaning more towards a, a more even split original and IP wise on houses the more the more it, like this stuff happens the more I'm thinking we may have heard all the IPs well I, d- I don't know like I feel as though there's so much that they could do 80s IP wise like there's an awful lot of things that maybe they not not that I'm saying that any films from the 80s are relevant because they're certainly not but when they were doing things like The Shining you know full horror fans were so over the moon about it but kind of the younger audience might not have been so into it thinking it was maybe a little bit more relevant and so I don't know whether that's something that they consider and something that they worry about but this gives them an opportunity to do anything that they've wanted to do so things like The Thing which, you know, was super heavily rumoured and it was rumoured to be announced a few weeks ago and then that's when we got dead exposure instead. 
well maybe not instead maybe it was never going to happen but that was what was rumored to be coming so things like that things like nightmare on elm street things like halloween 3 if they wanted to do halloween 3 there's so many different opportunities for them to take i feel like it would be maybe foolish of them to to not capitalize on that well and also and i still haven't seen it, it so i'm i'm guessing on my knowledge but wasn't it the new it set in the 80s um i believe so have you not seen it either i've no i've seen the new it but i don't remember i think it was set in the 80s yeah i'm sure they updated it to the 80s because the original the tim curry version was set in the 50s wasn't it i think the 50s and like the late 80s so yeah um, something like that so yeah i'm sure this one was set in the 80s yeah, of course it was, because there was people comparing it to Stranger Things. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, like, all the hints are now looking at it still being a house, because they can get away with it with an AC's theme. But I wonder if Stranger Things is such a big IP that they're, they're putting, every, like, putting all the chips onto that. Hmm. Maybe. But, you know, I don't know, like... I feel like there's just been so many rumours flying around IPY so far this year. Like, I I get confused about whether or not it's actually happened, like, whether it's been announced or not. Mm. Like, I was very, very certain that we'd have an it announcement, but then I'm like, are they going to do it and Strange Things at the same time? And then there's a new it film coming out next year. Like, why would they waste that opportunity to do it? Mm. I just don't... Halloween Horror Nights, you confused me this year. I just don't know. But I adore original houses. So as much as I'm saying it'll be foolish of them to to not capitalise on doing proper 80s IPs, I do really, really prefer and love originals because I feel like if someone has made this story themselves, so they've created this, everything has come from their own brains and they're not trying to recreate something. I think a lot more love goes into it. You can see all of the hard work that they've put into it and I really, really appreciate things like that. So things like Dead Waters, I adore. Oh, my favourite. Yeah, like it was beautiful. I, I, I keep re-watching that little walkthrough. You only see like little bits of it, but you see the facade and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, amazing. Go back and listen to Nick walking through it. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you didn't hear more of Craig. His reactions were even better than mine. I just kept apologizing. That's because he'd already run off. <laughs> <laughs> Craig shaped How could he run through that slanty walkway? That's, that's almost where you went through the wall. Oh the my first God. Time. Right, right at the end of that corridor where it was all slanty. Yeah, that's where we went through it the first time. Um, the thing is it's such a tough one because like I thought and obviously we talked about this like almost on repeat but you know I can only compare with what I experienced myself last year so I can't talk about the other years that you or Chris can but you know I loved going around The Shining and I loved going around American Horror Stories and what's good with going around IPs like that is that you pick up on things that you recognise. But the downside with that 
and again we talked about this on the last episode, is that in doing so, when things are changed and when things are missed that you think, oh, I can't, you know, I can't wait to see this bit, and then you realise they've not included that, you know, your your favourite bit of the film or your favourite bit of the show, you think, oh, why didn't they do that? Then you have that that disappointment where it's not lived up to your expectation. It's what I call Star Wars syndrome now, where it just doesn't live up to what's in your head. So you immediately think Star Wars, you know, the whole Star Wars franchise is like redundant now. I don't care for it anymore because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. It's people's visions, it's people's versions of that thing, um, and it's not going to be the same as yours. So I loved going around and shining, but. Um, I can understand as well why some people are disappointed and, and they can't make it as as the film. They do have to change things. And, you know, people are complaining about the order of the scenes not being mm. the same as the film. It's like, you can't win. You know, I think no. they did the, the... Especially with The Shining, more than any of the others, they did the absolute best job they could trying to recreate all of that in a, a soundstage. Then they couldn't have done any more than they did last year, and I loved it. But I can understand why people also have that disappointment. Now, you said Dead Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those, Scarecrow, whatever, um, those houses last year, you don't have that. Your expectation is what you're told before you go in, what you see on a park map, what the description is of, of what you're going to experience. Other than that, as you say, that's somebody's vision. That's somebody's creative idea of, of creating something new that you have no experience of at all. So you can't you can't have the same disappointment as you would do with an IP. Mm-mm. They have exactly. that freedom. And I love nothing more than seeing originals getting sequels, like Body Collectors. I love every single time we get a Body Collectors house, I love it. That's my favourite ever original set of originals. I think they're, they're always amazing. I loved how Dead Waters was, you know, kind of a spin-off of the the Voodoo Queen mm-hmm. scare zone that got canned after, well, the show in that that got canned after a few performances. I, I just love things like that. I loved that Ghost Town was a sequel. I loved, I, I love everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely went last year thinking, you know, I was going to love the IPs and I wasn't that bothered about the originals but I had such a blast in those original houses so much fun so my mind was changed after last year on what the expectations and that's what I'm saying I mean the thing is like I think for some people they want these big announcements of these big IPs because you know oh my god my favourite film is going to be there I'm going to have to go but then I think you also get the, the, the die-hard Halloween Horror Night audience that are going to go there regardless. Mm-hmm. So just the, you know... So what did we learn this week? What what scare zones did we have announced this week? Okay, so this one, again, is one that made me super happy because, you know, like I've just said, I like a good, a good original sequel. So this is going to be Vamp 85. So we had Vamp 55 two years ago. And it was a fantastic scare zone. It was... The characters in there were, were stunning. I absolutely loved it. 
and people have been talking about it for the last two years like oh you know we'd like to get like an 80s version of this it'd be so cool and Halloween Horror Nights have delivered we are going to get an 80s version and this one's going to be set at a New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. and so the description of it says that we're just going to step into a normal looking 80s New Year's Eve party and then before the, the ball drops we are going to see punk vampires and big head vampires <laughs> and so all that I'm thinking of here is the Lost Boys mm. And you know what? It's been so funny since this has came out, like, realising how many different interpretations of the 80s people have and their kind of expectations from it. So you'll get people that are expecting, like, neon and people that are expecting, like, Madonna-style things, people that are expecting punk things. I, personally, am expecting things like Motley Crue. And the last place. I'm I'm definitely expecting a decent soundtrack to be playing in that scare zone, especially as well as like you say, it's it's New Year's Eve, so that means it's a party. So yeah, I, I think there'll be some good music in that scare zone. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I can't wait to see the costumes. I can't wait to see what kind of style they're going for. I can't wait for the soundtrack. I think that this is going to be. Scares in of the year. Bold. Like, I will rewind this episode back after the end of Halloween Horror Nights this year and see them right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm fairly certain. I'm going to clip that. I'm going to clip that <laughs> and, and hold it ransom. <laughs> what, was the, what was the other ones? So, then we had The Harvest. This one terrified me, honestly. So, from what I gather you know from the artwork and from the name i'm thinking scarecrow in a scare zone yeah however and i've just well i'll be i'll be releasing my my video on it when we're done with the podcast but the description of it says that an old barn is the setting of every kind of horror its walls are decorated with ominous objects and images from each house hinting at the horrors to come. So I had two thoughts when I read that bit. So when I first saw it, I was like, okay, oh God, it's going to be Scarecrow, Boy and Scare Zone. Then I was like, well, actually, is it just going to be like Altars of Horror was last year, where you are just going to be seeing things and people from each of the houses? Mm. Or then I had another thought that, because I was like, well, how are you going to walk into a barn if you're in a scare zone? Because are you going to be inside of something that's not going to be in the street anymore? Then I remembered that at, and I think that me and Chris were talking about this on an episode a few weeks ago, at 20 Years of Fear, they had a scare zone also called 20 Years of Fear. And on that one, you walked into a prop warehouse, but it was just a kind of facade of the prop warehouse, and then you were back to being outside. And then they just had all different characters from over the last 20 years, like body collectors and like Wolfman, Crypt Keeper. And so I don't know whether it's going to be something more like that or it could just genuinely be a harvest-based scare zone with scarecrows and cornfields and pumpkins and genuinely just have pictures on the walls. Right. P-dabs. When you hear a harvest scare zone I've got my own idea of what I'd need to do 
going to a Harvey Scare Zone. What does that mean for you? The harvest for me points towards Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but um, being one of the early episodes, so yeah, very similar that you you would think you were going to something where you were gathering stuff and and hoarding it really. So to me, it points towards either people have been harvested and have been collected, um, but then as Amanda says, it could be that they've hoarded like images of all the the other mazes around it um so i don't know it's really intriguing some of them you just don't get you can't get a true picture of of what it actually is exactly you obviously get a description Uh and a description you know it's it's three lines long and there's not much in it what it says at the end of it Foul creatures lurk within, ready for a harvest of flesh and screams. Will you survive the reaping? Now, see, it's interesting use of that, Paul, and I wasn't thinking about Buffy or anything like that, but when I hear harvest, I was expecting to have to walk into this uh, scare zone holding a tin tin of, like, mushy peas (laughs) or, like, peaches in syrup or something that was stuck at the back of the cupboard because Harvest, yeah, Harvest Festival for me was having to like take a tin of something into school to be given out to somebody. So yeah. I thought, and I thought that'd be a really interesting thing for a scare zone where you have to your entry is something <laughs> that is, is not perishable, you know, it could be kept long life in a cupboard. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that is scary. That just brought back all kinds of memories of Harvest plays at school. Exactly. See, you know what? I can guarantee you now, right? I know we're not the only Universal podcast, but I can guarantee no one took that turn. Uh, I us. can definitely guarantee that too. Yeah. That's why we're different people. <laughs> okay, so the third one was Twisted Tradition. And this one, I mean, the when I thought of this one, I kind of thought, well, isn't it not just going to be very similar to The Harvest? But then, I mean, this is the only one that says where it's going to be located. So this one's going to be in Central Park. So scare zones like this work very well in Central Park because it's like a foresty type of area. And it says, ancient evil's been awakened, Halloween's been transformed into an abomination with rotten pumpkins fused with decaying human flesh. So, I mean, again, when when you read certain lines of it, you're kind of thinking it's going to be one thing and then you read the next line and then you're like, actually, no, it's definitely not going to be like that. Do we think they just don't know? Yeah, honestly, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, the first bit of it, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, traditional Halloween, it's going to be like trick-or-treat. And there's going to just be pumpkins everywhere and trick-or-treaters and things like that. And then you read a little bit more down, it's like, no, it's going to be pumpkins fused with decaying flesh and you're in a forest. And I'm like, okay, so that I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I've heard a rumour that they've actually hired to write all their press releases this year for, to make these announcements. They've actually hired M. Night Shyamalan to uh, to write all the blurb. Yeah. What a twist. I mean, yeah. 
But the end of it says that there's going to be nothing but the light from rotten jack-o'-lanterns to guide us. So that tells me that we're either going to have loads of pumpkins and trees again, which I love, or, you know, the, the pathways are just going to be adorned with lit pumpkins. But, I mean, by that time, the work on Central Park will be finished for the new nighttime show. Mm, we'll come to that later. Well, yeah. But I don't know whether that means that there's going to be more space in there, that they can utilise more of the park area. Like, with them getting rid of, like, a bunch of the trees and stuff, will there be more space so you for think activities? It, you think it might be a bit wider? Potentially, because as much as, like, things do work well in that area because it's narrow and it's just, like, one kind of path, if they could open up and let you go through the kind of middle gate and go through the rest of the park bit, that would make it even better. And spookier. So when I saw this, when I saw this yesterday, I had two thoughts about what it could be. These are sensible, by the way, so just for a change. So the first one is that, because it said Twisted Traditions, is I wondered if that might be um, like based around traditional kind of stories and fables. So I'm thinking like Snow White, Hansel and Gretel, um, those kind of things that um you know you you'd see like a weird twisted version of those kind of characters so that was my uh, first one right and then the second one because it kept going on about pumpkins so much um is like pumpkin creatures so <laughs> really what i mean by that i don't mean like, like actual creatures made of pumpkin but like people that had pumpkins for heads Right, okay. And then right at the end, just as you leave the scare zone, the very last person you encounter is Billy Corgan. <laughs> what? From the Smashing Pumpkins? Exactly. <laughs> the very same. Uh, and he's going to be there the entire time promoting his new wrestling gig. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns a wrestling company now. So... Oh, I thought going to say he is a wrestler now. No, no, no. No, he's like 50. He's, he's 50s. He's not going to take it up now. I mean, there's plenty of wrestlers that are in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, but they've been doing it for a long time. They don't start in their 50s. Maybe Billy Corgan's been doing wrestling for ages and we just didn't know. Maybe he wears a wig. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe he's Kane. I, I've never seen... Maybe he is Kane. I've never seen him or Ric Flair in the same place at the same time. <laughs> I'm just saying. Billy Corgan <laughs> in a white wig. Um... But yeah, no, like, but in all seriousness, I did wonder if that's, you know, because I think that'd be quite effective, actually, is, like, people dressed, uh, people like that had pumpkins for heads, because that'd be quite terrifying. <laughs> and It'd be well, quite terrifying to see Billy Corgan at the end, to be honest. Well, that, that as well, yeah. They, they do quite often have pumpkin-headed people. Hmm. And I think maybe it was 26 that they had, like, a pumpkin chainsaw gang. They were scary. Like, if you think that you're scared of scarecrows and the like, you don't know anything until you've been chased by a scarecrow with a freaking chainsaw. Nightmares forever. Those clowns last year were pretty good, though. You know, I loved the clowns, and I feel like... I, like I'm not scared of clowns. I'm not, like, obviously, I'm scared of my clowns coming out with a chainsaw, but I'm not, I don't have a massive fear of clowns. 
But the the guys that they had in there last year were just absolutely incredible. They were funny. They had so much energy. I loved the guy that didn't have a chainsaw, and he just used to walk around saying chainsaw noises. <laughs> I thought he was incredible. He's so funny. I I never had a bad walkthrough of that zone. Wheelchair chainsaw guy was incredible. Yes. That scare actor is great every year. Yeah. And also there was one and we've got it on one of I think I think it's actually on the the video Luke did when me and Craig were actually there like the same the same night or the same weekend. But one of them was talking as Rick from Rick and Morty. Yes. And he was really funny because you just you just weren't expecting it, but as you kind of walked up to, like, got nearer to him, you you heard him talk, and it was hysterical. So, um, yeah, I, I like those guys a lot. Yeah, they were fantastic. So you know, we we touched on Academy of Villains as well. Like, I am really really glad that they're going to be coming back. I'm really happy with all of the announcements that we got yesterday. Honestly. Mm. Like, I think Van Pacey 5 is going to be incredible. I don't know whether it should go where it went when it was Vamp 55. It's a nice big area. But I just I just don't know. Where was it last time? San Fran? It was... No, it was um, Hollywood. Right. Oh, and so like where the purge, purge was last year? No, it was where um, Festival of the Deadliest was. Right, okay, yeah. But all that they kind of had prop-wise in that scare zone was they had a... Because um, it's supposed to be like a pep rally type thing before prom or prom, a prom night or something. Um, they had like a big float in the middle and a school bus. Sounds... And that was kind of it prop-wise. Sounds a bit like a perch. <laughs> I mean that that school bus, like they they got a good investment on that school bus. It's used in everything ever. But that was kind of it, so I'm hoping that we might get more props. Mm. Maybe. But I feel like what I what I don't really want is and I think this kind of really happens every year now pretty much is that everybody kind of gets a podium in certain scare zones and then it's just kind of sections so like face off and um even festival of the deadliest last year you know those little podiums everywhere like albeit they had stripper poles on them so they kind of needed to be on a podium but i don't so much like them i like having full props and then the scare actors walking around rather than being stood up on things. Mm. But I just don't know what you could have at an 80s New Year's Eve party. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. Other than a, like a big silver ball. Well, yeah, they've referenced that ball, so I imagine there's going to be a ball there, and it says it's going to be a normal party at first, and then when the ball drops, then that's when everyone's going to like crash the party Hmm. but will they actually make it so the ball will drop and then like you know in the purge last year where they do the countdown to the purge yeah 
would they do things like that? So they do like a lot of mini shows. I hope so because I mean, I know I know like not everyone's a fan of of the purge as a as a scare zone or being involved in Halloween Horror Nights, but I I really liked that last year. I thought it was quite fun. Um, now I I believe that it's not the first time they've done it like that. Is it they've done the purge like that before? Haven't they? Yeah. So I can understand why people might not be as impressive it as I was because I'd only seen it for the first time. But um, you know, I think I think that's quite fun. Where it's a bit like a show. The the downside with that, of course, is that um, by doing that, if you you know miss the start of the show, you might not hang around because you'll go, oh, "I'll catch it later." Mm-hmm. So I, I get that element of it as well. Um, yeah, but I, I think you know it's on paper it sounds like a lot of fun. Definitely, even like when we had um, at twenty five when we had like the usher and the director and the storyteller, we had all them out on the little stages in Hollywood, and they, you know, they'd just be like pottering around on the stages, and then every so often they'd all do a mini show. Mm. I really enjoyed that. But I feel like if you're just kind of on podiums and you just kind of stood on the podiums and then there's no one really walking around, I'm not really into that. Okay. Hmm. So, but I, do, I just don't know what else they could do. So, so, so far, how is Halloween Horror Nights looking for you? Is it looking like a strong year so far based on the announcements we've had? Are you a little bit concerned or... I honestly feel like this is going to be a super strong year. I think I like I like having a good theme. I don't necessarily feel like we need an icon for this year. No. And I know that, you know, all throughout last year, everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, well, well when are we going to get an icon? When are we going to, how about now? How about now? This year, I just, like, I'm not expecting an icon and I don't think that we need one. Why do we need an icon? We don't. You know, I guess that people just—that's it. I think I think secretly people just want Jack back every year. But mm. then I also feel like you know we went through a, a stage where we would have the caretaker and we'd have the storyteller and we'd have Jack, and you know I think people just miss those days. I don't think it's that they miss having an icon. I think it's that they miss those days and those kind of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they've we... got they've got such a strong lineup of icons that they've already got. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think it was proven by the fact that Chance didn't do particularly well, despite the fact that she's loved. Yeah, I don't think she was particularly strong as as the icon, and it didn't go down particularly well. I don't think that's particularly helped the the way they look at it as having an icon. And I think those ones that you've mentioned, the caretaker, the usher, Jack, are all so strong that I think if you're gonna have an icon. I think you have to look at the ones you've already got. That's and they it, used, exactly. And they used them all at once for 25. Ah. And it's kind of like, well, we can't go back and use those characters again within a couple of years. Well, you me. know, like this year would have been a good opportunity to use the Usher. Yeah. Because if we're going to be 80s themed, and I'm imagining that, you know, a lot of this is going to be TV show and, and film based things. So even when it's not the IPs, I imagine that's still going to be kind of 
going down that line. So I feel as though if they don't use the Usher, potentially that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. They're possibly waiting until the 30th to bring someone back. I would imagine they've already got huge plans for the 30th already in the works. Well, I was having a conversation today with one of our listeners, Ash, and I was like, honestly, like I don't, I don't know what they're going to put in the new park. I don't know when the new park's going to be announced. I don't know what the hell's going to go in Kids Zone. I don't know anything right now. And like we were saying, like we don't know if anybody even knows now. But I would, I would keep an eye out for the next couple of weeks. Exactly, and I said. Toy Story announcement, Toy Story Day is when we're going to get an announcement of something, even if it's just, hey, we are in fact definitely doing a fourth park and it will be on this date. Yeah, I don't think we'll get any any news on what's going in it. They no. might say that Nintendo's going there. They're going to have to say something about Nintendo before too long because Japan are going to be finished in the mm-hmm. next, what, 18 months? Mm-hmm. And Orlando haven't started at all. No, and the thing is, when you when you wait for such a long time before you before you put something in, it does become irrelevant, kind of. And I was thinking about DreamWorks today too, and I'm like, well, what DreamWorks films do I like actually know for certain are DreamWorks, like without googling anything? And all I could really think of was like Madagascar, and then Ash said How to Train Your Dragon, and I was like, yeah, they're like, probably the only two that I know for certain. But are they still relevant? Well... How to Train Your Dragon had a new trailer yesterday. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's only, and it's coming out next March. So, or February for us in the UK. So I think that's really good timing to put a trailer out for that. A film that's coming out in uh, nine months' time. So soon, <laughs> but hey. Um, the, the thing is, what's misleading about... Um, about that stuff that you just mentioned there is that with regards to um, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Kung Fu Panda is another one. Um, Obviously Shrek. Shrek apparently is going to have a new film. They've been talking about that for a while uh, because everyone wants a new Shrek film, obviously. Um, But things like How to Train Your Dragon, things like Kung Fu Panda, Trolls, that's the other big one as well, they all have spin-offs. So the thing mm-hmm. is, you may not be aware, but like on Netflix, they have quite a few different DreamWorks animated series. Oh, so Trolls is DreamWorks too? Yeah, Trolls is DreamWorks as well. Okay. Um, I know that because my daughter's obsessed with Trolls. So, um, you know, all of those things... What See what's smart compared to what Disney do with their stuff like this is they've just started uh, like early this year or, or just starting in America now a series about Big Hero 6 which came out in 2014 I think yeah so it's taken them four years to decide to do something else with it and make a TV series about it which is you know okay that's fine what DreamWorks do now is they release a film and then within the year a TV series follows even when it's Boss Baby even when it's Boss Baby which uh, what Boss Baby's got a TV series on Netflix yep, yep. 
What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, I've seen it. So have I. <laughs> and I tell you what I will say is the animation for it is actually surprisingly good. Yeah. Looks doesn't look that dissimilar to the film. Um, unlike a lot of their stuff, which is cheaper animation, like Trolls. You know, they, they've got the same kind of look, but it doesn't look anything like the actual film because they cost so much money to make. But my point is, is that the film comes out... So Boss Baby came out this time last year, roughly. Right, came out about April last year, and within within the year, Netflix had the first set of episodes on the cartoon version. Trolls came out, and within eighteen months, TV series had started. Same with How to Train Your Dragon. Same with Kung Fu Panda. So, although we think of them as films, and you know we know we pay more attention to films because we go to the cinema or you know you see trailers or whatever. If you have to watch kids' TV, such as me and Pdabs, then you're actually aware that they they really keep these characters focused. So unlike with something like Frozen, where they've left it a long time to actually start to do stuff with, and again, I know there's going to be a follow like a sequel film coming out soon as well, but they've left a big gap between the film coming out and doing anything with that property. DreamWorks are shit hot on actually going. Don't you forget about us. And making sure that kids do not, you know, if they're not watching the films, they're watching the TV series. So those characters are actually a lot more relevant than you even realise. I imagine that they're a lot more relevant than, you know, quite a few things that have been rumoured. And honestly, like, I, 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 I don't even know how to say this. That sounding negative because I'm not at all being negative about it. But... I am like not feeling Nintendo Land. I'm not either. Wrong market. Because I'm not. And yet I love the games. But I, I tell you this now, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be another Pandora. In uh, and I don't mean Pandora's box. In that we don't give a shit about Avatar, but the attractions will make you go. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. I want a UAD Mario Kart race. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And the thing is as well, right, I mean, obviously, as as Peter had said, like, um, <laughs> stumble until I say your name. It's <laughs> like, which one do I say? Which one do I say? But, like, Japan, I mean, obviously, you know, Japan's almost finished on their, on their version. And that is undoubtedly where Nintendo's its biggest. Now they're they're investing a lot in this because not only are they put it in the in the Japanese parts, they put it in the other parts as well. So they would not be doing it unless what they're putting in is shit up. I really honestly believe that. So I think this will surprise people in how popular it's going to be. Because I'm like you, like I think no, I, I said like surely we're like twenty five, thirty years too late for this. Mario was at his peak <laughs> in the early 90s. He's still massive. Like that Nintendo Switch console, biggest selling console across the world. Really? Biggest selling game, Mario Odyssey or whatever it's called. Yeah. Wow. So the thing is, like, you know, I- I'm stuck here playing PlayStation while the rest of the world's playing, still playing Nintendo. So I think we're just not 
aware of it, but actually it's a lot more popular than, than we realise. Hmm. Basically, I'm just saying we're all fuddy-duddies. <laughs> essentially what I'm getting down to, the nitty-gritty of it is that. I just don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know. I do think a Mario Kart ride would be cool, but no matter how hard I'm trying, I'm like, well, Amanda, you like sometimes playing Mario games. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I do. I, I just struggle to see any other property that will keep my interest or even be compatible with a ride. I They've already got King Kong ride. You don't need a Donkey Kong ride. There's just nothing else. There's nothing else that grubs me. Well, do you think that we're going to get a Jurassic World? Well, yeah, let's let's talk about the dinosaur in the room. Because... (laughs) um, (laughs) Down boy. Um... I, I've seen. I think I'm the only one that's seen Jurassic World on, on this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Jurassic yeah. World two, obviously, we've all seen Jurassic World one. Um, Mr. D's just seen it. He's just come out actually. I just saw a message come up on Facebook. Craig also messaged us, but I didn't get his message. But Mr. D's, I did. So he's seen it. He really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Jurassic World, but um, and this is not this is not really spoilery. I'm not going to talk, go into details about the film because our American listeners don't get it for another two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Right, so my understanding is we've got it early because of the World Cup. Oh. Because we don't get the Ant-Man and the Wasp for... Until a month after. Yeah, it is a month after, isn't it? For the same reason. It comes out, in America, it comes out snap bang, slap bang even, in the middle of uh, World Cup season. So they've shifted the release date. So we've actually got that early because they wanted to capitalise before the World Cup stopped people going. Because, like, it's notorious. As, as much as you don't like the World... You know, not, I'm not saying you necessarily, but as much as like people go, oh, I'm going to watch the World Cup, cinema attendance drops dramatically during World Cups. So... And, and the European... The, the Euros as well. So for that reason, hmm. our release gets staggered. So... We've got that, and and to counterbalance that, as well, Ocean's Eight comes out this weekend in America. It comes out next Friday over here. I believe it's next Friday, but it comes out basically as counter programming to the World Cup, because Ocean's Eight is a female cast. It's it's aimed at a female audience, so they're releasing it when everyone becomes a football widow. So. That that's why that's happening. So Jurassic World two, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, or Fallen Empire, whatever it's called, um, it changes Jurassic World. It, it changes what we know Jurassic Park to be, what we know Jurassic World to be. So I think that I don't think that they're going to change the ride, but I do think in this rumored third gate they definitely could do something with that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But I, then, I mean, would they would they want a Jurassic Park ride in one park and a Jurassic World in another? Absolutely, because one's Jurassic Park, one's Jurassic World. Um, and you've got to remember as well, like, Jurassic Park, 
uh, oh no, Jurassic Park was set on the same island as Jurassic World, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I still th- I, I think they can get away with it. I honestly do. And I think that... I don't think there's any point in retrofitting Jurassic Park, the, the ride, to be Jurassic World. No. I don't understand why they're doing it in Hollywood, to be honest. I'm guessing it's because of space, but... Jurassic World yeah. was different. You know, unless they're taking the water out of Jurassic Park at Hollywood, what's the point? Mm. The dinosaurs are pretty much the same. Mm. You can chuck in a few new dinosaurs, but other than that, why bother? I'm not actually sure what they're doing, but I do think that would be a good anchor for the new for the new gate. And also, like we talked about before, what franchises have Universal got? That's it, and I would like honestly be more excited about a Jurassic World land than I would be about Nintendo Land. Yeah. If they like to me, if I was opening up a third gate now, I would put and knowing what they've got and what they're already discussing and things like that, I would stick Nintendo over there because that would be a good anchor for people. Again, this obviously isn't appealing to us, but there's a big audience that are going to be wowed in by Nintendo mm-hmm. um, Jurassic World because again it's a big franchise one of the few that they've got and so it will cost them peanuts to get the rights for it um, and DreamWorks because that is their new nest egg now you've got to remember as well like Illumination which is Despicable Me that's owned by Universal but it's got nothing to do with DreamWorks so to me, I would take Shrek out completely. Yes. And then just move all the DreamWorks stuff over to that gate. So rich, you know, trolls, Kung Fu Panda, dragons, Shrek. Don't know what you could do, Boss Baby. But but then what? What would you do in Kids Zone? Because it seems like all these things keep getting highlighted for Kids Zone, and then nothing happens to Kids Zone. Bomb it. What? What? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it's empty, I'm not, you know, just get, just destroy it, just get rid of it. Uh, we want Itchy and Scratchy Land. We do yeah. want Itchy and Scratchy Land. Like, I just, I keep just thinking about this all the time of like how if you went and asked probably ten kids in Universal who Fivel is, none of them would know. No, oh god, no, and it. You know that's that's a good example of a franchise that's been dead for. It was dead before it even started, wasn't it? Well, American Tale, nah. <laughs> did, did they did they release like ten director video films or something? Did I have something no idea. Stupid, like they made they made two like films at the cinema and then they released a load. It was like um, like I always thought there was like the Land Before Time and that was it. And then, like, you find out one day there's actually, like, 12 Land Before Time films. Is there? I love Land Before Time, though. Well, there's loads of them. I don't... I mean, there might not be, like, 12, but there are There are a lot. Again, just all released straight to video. Well, I even feel the same about Woody Woodpecker. Like, I like Woody Woodpecker, but probably 9 out of 10 kids aren't going to know who Woody Woodpecker is. I don't know if, like, Woody Woodpecker still has a show on American TV. American listeners, help me out. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I know there was there was a kind of reboot of sorts a few years ago, but 
nothing that seems to be really popular. I don't know. And then I was in, um, I took Ash and the baby to the safari park. And they had a like, you know, the little kids, little kids like rise up one that like 50p. Mm-hmm. And there was a chilly willy one. And I was like, I don't think anyone here knows who he is. The penguin? Yeah. I, I mean, I even I don't know who they Like, like right, I, I know guess, it's because but... he's adorable. Yeah. But, like, and because I obviously know Woody Woodpecker. But, I don't think any kids would know. They'd think it was a cute penguin. That's it. It's like the Betty Boop shop. Is that is that that's gone now, isn't it? Isn't that what? No, it's still there. Is it really? Yeah. What I mean, like, no one knows this stuff anymore. Like, you know, I I know I hate to go off on that tangent, right? But um, and P Dubs will back me up on this. We've got a Disney Life for the kids, right? Yeah. And um, what they did probably about four years ago was they started doing these new Mickey Mouse shorts. Now, this new Mickey Mouse series is what they're they're. Uh, using as a basis for that new ride in the studios that's replacing the um, uh, great movie ride great movie ride thank you all I could think of was Hollywood I was like it's not Hollywood um, but yeah the great movie ride so that, what's replacing it in there now those cartoons they last about between two and six minutes each I'd say um, and they've got this new unique animation style um, bit reminiscent of stuff like Ren and Stimpy, I suppose, or that Nicktoon stuff in the early nineties. But it's it's a radical departure to what people know Mickey Mouse to be. The content in them is, I'd say, a bit more grown up. There's and there's lots of in jokes in there for Disney fans. Lots of in jokes in there. Um, but what that's doing is it's bringing those characters back for a new audience. Now they already do it, the preschool stuff because obviously you had like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and uh, Mickey and the Rose to Races as well. But it's making sure that kids, you know, if they if they're too old for that stuff, here's another way to still see these characters. It's making sure that people are aware because we grew up on old Mickey Mouse cartoons and old Disney cartoons, but there was a big long period where kids didn't have access to that stuff. So this is a way of preserving that interest in those characters. And with stuff like Fireball and stuff like Barney uh, and Woody Woodpecker and Chili Woody like you just mentioned, no one cares. Mm. No one knows who that stuff is anymore because they've not been trying to keep that stuff relevant. Some of the reason for that is because it's not actually their stuff. Like, I don't know if... Is Woody Woodpecker Universal? Maybe you don't know. Um, uh, well, I mean, he he was like the icon of the parks. Yeah, but Spider-Man was for a few years. Mm. Um, but, I mean, regardless, like, Fireball definitely was. Barney definitely wasn't. I know Barney wasn't a Universal character. Uh, or a Universal TV show. So, they could just do something with it but I don't think DreamWorks is the way to go I think putting DreamWorks in there would be a waste of the IP mm-hmm. stick it in that land and then you've got an anchor can you imagine if they opened up Islands of Adventure and they didn't have Marvel Superhero Island or Jurassic Park ride mm. if you took those things out 
why would you go to Islands of Adventure when it first opened? I'm not talking now, it's Potter World. I would be talking now. Um, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> no, no, I've said Marvel Land. Gone. Oh, oh Marvel yeah. Land never, yeah, no. Marvel Land never existed. Jurassic Park never existed. So what you're left with is Toon Lagoon, Zeus Landing, uh, Lost Continent. I mean, Lost Continent was cool at first. Lost Continent is cool, but there's nothing to like make you go, I need to go there. What's the no. Lost Continent? Oh, what's that? You've got a Sinbad show. What, you mean that, that comedian who was in a film once about a genie? Oh, Nick! <laughs> I had to open up Pandora's box, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, to, to our generation, how many of us really knew what Sinbad was? I, I kind of knew what Sinbad was. You know, I, I'd obviously seen some of the older, like, Arabian Nights films. But, I mean, you can't say he was a a character that was popular at the time. No. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, there was nothing there to make you go, I need to go there. If you saw Julian Dragons, or someone told you about it, you'd probably go there for that, because that sounds exciting. But mm-hmm. it was no anchor. Unless, you know, without those other IPs they brought in. So that's what they need to do. There. I mean, even now, you walk around Toon Lagoon, what a wasted land that is. It just makes me so sad all the time when I walk through it, because I think... No one's stopping here for anything. You know, some crazy people are going on Dudley Do-Right and Popeye. Mm. But other than that, it's just like a kind of cutthroat area and it's, it's such a big area as well. Yeah. And, it's, and the, thing, the, the most annoying thing with that is it's actually like quite nicely done. Like, uh, what's the... Is it Marmaduke? Mm-hmm, the dog. Yeah. That yeah. you, you take that picture with. Who doesn't like having a picture taken of that, right? Always mm-hmm. a nice photo opportunity. The speech bubbles. It's a really nicely themed area. And then you go to like the the comic strip cafe. And, you know, there's all these people around it. And you're like, who are these people? Like, what are these characters? Because even Americans haven't seen them in 30 years. I don't know any of them, honestly. I know a few of them, and that's only because of trying to understand that kind of side of Americana. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a clue. Like, to me, like, comic strips are things like Snoopy and Peanuts. Right? You know, it wasn't... We never got... I don't remember ever seeing, like, Marmaduke. I knew Marmaduke because I did a cartoon. um, But that's the only reason why I knew who that character was. Uh, Duddy Do Right, we never got Duddy Do Right. Popeye, okay. Popeye was by far the most famous character in that in that whole area. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing was just, it's just, and even now, just a big waste of, of opportunity. But do you think they're more inclined to focus on what, what they need to do in the existing parks, or do you think that they're going to put that on the back burner and just go straight into the new one? I think you need to go straight in with the new one. And then but once then you've got the people is, over there, then you can start focusing on what you need to repair. I feel like it's a bit six and two, three years, honestly, because, yeah, if you if you wait till the new part comes, like you just said, but then that's going to take years. And for all those years, we're stuck with sections of the park that 
he does nothing in. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know what the cues are like around Team Lagoon, to be honest. I mean, look, when we went, we like I had no interest in going on Popeye because I hate getting that wet, mm-hmm. and I've never done Dudley Do right. You can get equally as wet, honestly. Exactly, and I'm, and you know, I'm just never been that bothered about it. So you get what we're watching them. Match <laughs> being on them. You can, you can do that as well. Um, so I don't even know how busy that part was. I just remember walking through it like relatively quickly. In fact, the only thing that I really stopped and took notice of when I walked through there was, oh, they're selling trolls merchandise. Because my daughter was into it. That was that was it. Uh, I know what you mean, but the problem is, is that they're probably not going to do work in both at the same time. The rest of Varna's adventure is, is still kind of, you know, fairly busy. Mm. I've got to say, like, I mean, that was that was the one part of the park where it did seem to be you didn't have to wait long for much. Like, even the Hulk, I think I waited for, like, ten minutes. Honestly, I feel like Marvel lately is being so hit and miss with wait times. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll get there and Doctor Doom, fearful, has a 45-minute wait and the Hulk has a 10-minute wait, and I'm like, what? Oh, that's because I haven't turned Doctor Doom on yet. That's, that's the only reason. Clearly, <laughs> the, the only other, reason. Like honestly, like I'm like I think I even put it in one of my videos where I think I only went over to Islands. I think it was about twelve or one o'clock in the afternoon, and I was fully expecting to be waiting for hours for everything. And well, not hours, but I'm exaggerating. Um, but forty-five minutes for Doctor Doom and like ten, fifteen minutes for the Hulk, and I was like, "Are these people insane?" Yeah. Well, clearly, obviously. I mean, anyone that goes on that ride is insane. Um, oh, well, I like Doctor Doom. I don't like it for 45 minutes, but on regular days where it's, like, you know, a five, ten minute wait or a walk on, then I'll go on it as many times as I can. But uh, the best ride in that park, you know, we, we literally walked through. It took us longer to walk through to get on the attraction than it did to actually be on it, and that was Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man so much. Like, Spider-Man's one of those things in that park where I feel like that can never leave. Like, so I would it's, be It's devastated. weird for me, because obviously being the, the Marvel geek that I am, I don't really take much notice of the ride itself. I'm kind of trying to pick out which characters are appearing on the screen than <laughs> anything. <laughs> Oh, well, that's cool though. Like, I like I like hearing things like that. Like, you're excited about the characters, and that's that's what I want more of. Like, I want I want people to I like I love seeing people come off come off rides and being like, oh my god, that was amazing. And I feel like we need something like that. I think that the new Harry Potter ride's gonna be like that. I think the new Harry Potter ride will be awesome. Mm. But I think that's. We need to get back to being like that. You know, when the the tagline was ride the movies and you came off of them feeling like you'd experienced being in that movie, like Back to the Future and like Jaws. And I think that's what we need back. Yeah. And I think you did, you went to those those rides because of the characters. Gotcha. I think obviously, obviously the Back to the Future one, having Biff and Doc in it, Jaws is obviously the shark is a character within it itself, and I, and I kind of think that is 
just some some character is missing. Yeah, at the, at the <laughs> moment. Well, at the moment, like you know, instead of the tagline could be instead of ride the movies, watch the movie, because <laughs> you know it is just screen after screen after screen. And I'm now, you know, I'm saying that as somebody who, you know, my love for that part got reinvigorated last year. But even I can turn around and say, too many screens. And water effects. Definitely too many water effects. Um, But I, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, well, I feel like we should wrap up. There's more things I want to talk about, but I'm conscious that we've been... We've been on here for a very long time. This went on for much longer than what we thought it was going to. Um, so I'm going to save that for the next episode. And I'm also going to save the next part of our refurb, replace and keep. Which I, I do love the fact that Craig completely hijacked that on Facebook today. <laughs> I just picking, picked like, a random ride. <laughs> a r- random ride that wasn't in the list. Did he? I didn't see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he picked Rick Ride Rocket for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like pick your own Craig it was our bones um, like someone clearly hasn't listened to the episode obviously um, do you want to so on that and I think that's I think that's a good way to, to end um, Amanda but do you want to give people a tease as to what's to come on the next show okay so on the next show we are going to be talking about the new nighttime show we are going to be playing the game again and I think shall I, shall I tell you what rides are going to be now so you can think about it or do you want it to no. be a surprise you want it to be a surprise yeah okay so the, the ones that I've picked are difficult ones and I'm cross parking it this time Ooh. so I'm not just sticking to one park so it's going to be a tough one and we will hopefully have some universal updates because I think that Luke is he could potentially be there now if not, he'll be there tomorrow. So we'll we should have some Universal news. Hopefully, we'll have Chris Ripley on so we can hear his thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights announcements. And now that we're getting ten houses, we could potentially have another Halloween Horror Nights announcement by then as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. And we've got Phil's question today. Yes, we do. So we do Phil- want to point out that we we have acknowledged it, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We, we I, even talked about it before we started recording as well. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to go in depth with it. So, like, if we would have had um, like a, a longer set of time today, I definitely would have gone through it all. But I want to give you the most information about the options. So we will definitely cover that on the next one. That will be, in fact, I'm putting it on my list now. That's going to be my number one thing. First is Phil's question. First segment, Phil's question. Next episode. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay, so on that note, go and watch Luke's videos. Go and watch my new video because it will be dropping at the end of this. But it will already be out by the time you're listening to it. Go and buy Chris's books. He posted a little teaser every day of a new one that's coming. So keep your eyes peeled on Chris's social media, which is Chris Ripley or HHNOnofficial.com. Uh, go watch Jurassic World 2. <laughs> yep, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go and watch it on Sunday. But I potentially won't because I keep saying that about every film and never go and see it. And <laughs> yeah, still haven't seen Avengers, so please, everyone, no spoilers ever. I'm dodging spoilers everywhere right now, and I don't think I can control it anymore. 
and we love and appreciate you so much thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being patreons for those of you that are our patreons like we super super appreciate that you don't have to do it and you choose to and that's very very kind of you and we will see you guys on the next episode love you bye au revoir see ya Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here, you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. Dark Podcast Network.